Finally, Election Day is upon us, and polling stations will be open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday. The Central Election Commission reminds voters that in Taiwan, it's prohibited to wear any campaign-related apparel, trinkets or hats to polling stations. Even shaving your head to display your favorite candidate's likeness or their ballot number, which someone did, is considered a violation of the relevant law if it is visible on election day. Saturday is election day. Before you go to polling stations, remember to bring three valuable items. That is your ID, name seal and voting notice. Remember to bring your ID to the polling station or you won't be able to vote. Name seals and voting notices are not necessary but can speed up the process. Mobile phones and cameras with recording functions must be turned off inside the polling station. It is also illegal to wear garments, hats or other trinkets related to election campaigns. The rules even apply to hairdos. If you've shaved a candidate's likeness or their ballot number on your head, make sure it's covered up at polling stations. Gestures indicating a candidate's number are also not allowed inside. Campaigning is not allowed on election day. If you show an image of the candidate with your hair while voting, objectively speaking, this has been determined to be an act of campaigning. Campaigning activities must come to a close after 10 p.m. on Friday. Starting at midnight, no one is permitted to canvass for votes by any means, including text messages and social media. Violators can be fined up to 1 million NT. Each voter will have three ballots this year. Stamping them with your personal seal will render them invalid. They must also not be torn or taken out of the polling station. The law stipulates that you cannot tear ballot papers up and you cannot take ballot papers away. It is punishable by law and there could be issues relating to criminal charges. This year, more than 19.54 million people are eligible to vote, including 1.02 million first-time voters. Polling stations are open from 8am to 4pm. On the last day of trading before Election Day, the stock market closed slightly lower at 17,512 points in a drop of 0.19%. However, stocks in Taiwan's three major shipping companies bucked the trend and rose in value. Analysts say 10 to 20 days after the election, the market has more than a 70% chance of a rebound. On the last day of trading before Election Day, the TIEX at one point fell more than 70 points, but members of the public appear to be unconcerned. I'm not worried. It was within my expectations. Everyone has different expectations. It's normal to have shocks. In any case, life has to go on. I'm not worried. We need to have confidence in ourselves. The TIEX was supported by stocks from Taiwan's three biggest shipping companies. Electronic stocks such as those from Hohai and Wistron also rose during the session. The TIEX was able to soften its fall somewhat to close down 32 points. Ahead of Saturday's election, there is a strong wait-and-see atmosphere. In the 10 days before election day, the chances of a rally are actually only 40%. Of course, this comes from the fact that since November last year, the stock market, which had already risen significantly, came under some profit-taking pressure. In the next 10 to 20 days, the probability of a rally is high. There's at least a 70% chance of a rally within 10 days and an 80% chance and more of a rally within 20 days. 
the US is going to cut interest rates and the US dollar is comparatively weak. It's most likely that the new Taiwan dollar sees a slow rise. If this year's electronic products show a very obvious positive growth as everyone expects, then the Taiex will be in a bullish trend. Analysts believe this dip before the election will be conducive to a post-election rebound. Concept stocks related to policies that will be imposed by the election winners also stand to benefit. Analysts say they are optimistic about the post-election Taiex. A possible Chinese attempt to take over Taiwan has been a threat for decades. And it's also a topic on the campaign trail ahead of Saturday's presidential election. But people who live here say it seems like it's a threat that's more real than ever before. And they're taking action. Voice of America's Elizabeth Lee has the details. At this airsoft gun club. While these students are learning to handle a gun that shoots plastic pellets, Tony Liu has shot with real bullets and experienced war. These relics, the reminders of the three months Liu spent fighting in Ukraine. Since the Russia-Ukraine war, there have been more and more of these civil defense classes. Some people in Taiwan worry if Russia can attack Ukraine, then China could attack Taiwan. Some people take action by learning how to shoot. Others take an interest in using ham radios to communicate. In this classroom at Kuma Academy, students learn how to recognize disinformation, how to survive if basic infrastructure is disrupted, and how to save lives with first aid skills. Most of the students have been women. It's almost like a team of moms. Their motivation to come to classes, they want to know in extraordinary situations, including war, what can they do, how can they protect their family. The history between Taiwan and China stems from the Chinese Civil War that ended more than 70 years ago. The communists won, and the ruling nationalist government retreated to Taiwan. Beijing considers Taiwan a part of China, even though Taiwan now has its own democratic government. China attacking the island has always been a possibility, but after so many years, apathy has set in for some people. Liu doubts that the people of Taiwan can protect the island. I'm not very optimistic. People need to strengthen their ability to defend Taiwan. Life has been too peaceful. Observers say whether China attacks does not depend on who was elected Taiwan's next president. Instead of trying to calculate the risk of war, Ho says, Taiwan's residents need to face the reality that war is possible and should prepare for it. Elizabeth Lee, VOA News, Taipei, Taiwan. Today we take you to meet Jessica Lin, a tech professional turned personal chef. Traveling to various countries during her years in the business world led to her fostering an interest in gastronomy. She opened up a private kitchen studio in Taipei, serving up one-of-a-kind meals and also showcasing works by talented artists. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Lin to find out how she transitioned from working in tech to becoming a master of the kitchen. The first dish is the appetizer. She puts the peppers into the blender and mixes them up to make the sauce. Then she lights the citrus with a torch. After that, she heats the scallops. There's also Australian lamp rump, eggplant, and a shallot dish. 
This is Jessica Lin, the co-founder and chef of this private kitchen studio. Have like a, a green sauce, but not a typical uh, pesto sauce. Um, that's because it's uh, winter time. We have like uh, peppers and so, uh, and also citrus. So we mix that together, and uh, also we have the lamb dish, uh, but actually infused with a more like a Chinese yu uh, xiangqiezi, uh, this kind of concept. So you can taste something familiar, like in our dishes, but also always with some surprise. After graduating from the Department of International Business and Trade at National Zhenzhi University, Lin worked in the technology sales and surveillance industry for eight years. Due to her work, she traveled quite often and had the opportunity to learn about food from a range of different countries. That was when she began to foster a passion for gastronomy. In 2017, she founded a private kitchen in her own living room. As a self-taught chef, Lynn said transitioning from the technology industry to dining was quite the challenge. Uh, working as international sales, like I travel a lot like uh, to like different market, uh, mostly uh, North America market. And they're like, um, I'm so fascinated about the, the food scene over there. It's like so multicultural. And at the same time, like um, I see a lot of very strong Asian food brand, like from Japan and from Korea. Uh, so I was wondering like, uh, is it possible to have more like Taiwanese food brand that eventually can be uh, like can be, uh, you know, uh, like uh, pre uh, representing our culture in like a foreign market. So that's kind of like um, drive me to think I want to work in FMB. So uh, but that time, um, like I feel it's a little bit too late to join like a culinary school and then uh, maybe also tough to get a job in a, in a restaurant. So I just started to, um, as a side project, uh, run a private kitchen at my own apartment. So um, like every uh, dishes, all the recipe is like, I, I try to uh, experience my, all by myself. In 2019, Lynn decided to open a private kitchen studio that integrates art and food. She serves as a chef and project manager. She collaborates with artists to create unique, one-of-a-kind art dinners with different themes. The studio also holds art exhibitions and talks, as well as providing catering. We try to also do uh, in, uh, a fusion, but when we talk about fusion, we are also quite keen in presenting what's in season. So uh, every seasonal menu, we have a concept how we integrate with the feelings or with uh, a theme and with the seasonal products. The concept of the studio is to provide a space or like a platform uh, for people to uh, engage and also enjoy art and food together because we have uh, two co-founders and um, me and my co-founder Cesar, like for example, he's very passionate about art and I'm very passionate about food. But uh, what we both care about is bringing people together to share ideas and experience and uh, be inspired by each other or by the art or even by or can be by the food as well. Having successfully transitioned from the technology field to the food and beverage industry, Lynn offers some advice for those thinking of changing jobs. You need to have some backup before uh, you build another career like, uh, you know, in a different 
uh, industry. So, uh, for example, for me, like I first do it as a side project for two years before uh, actually quitting my tech job. That, uh, so in that test round uh, period, I'm able to uh, polish my skill, like uh, build initial like group of customer and test the market. So I think uh, give yourself enough time to learn and to experiment is uh, quite important. By combining art and food, Lin hopes to create a platform for talented artists and for art lovers, a space to dine and converse about art. In the future, she hopes to build a food brand that can expand internationally. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yang Kai in Taipei. And if you're looking to travel this weekend, here's a suggestion. Almost 300 plum trees are in bloom at the largest plum orchard in Taiwan. It is in the Jiaobanshan residence in Taoyuan's Fuxing district. An ongoing event that ends this Sunday allows visitors to sip on plum blossom tea outdoors while taking in the spectacular flowery views. Let's hear from Taoyuan's tourism department. We also have cameras at Jiaobanshan, so visitors can check the live stream first to check how the blossoms are doing before heading up the mountain. Before coming up, you can also download the city smart travel app, which has a new section on traffic along the northern Cross Island Highway. The city government advises visitors to take a bus from either Taoyuan or Dashi to get to the orchard. Fans of the garden say it's worth the trip, with plum petals making for a magical, wintry landscape. Have you ever heard of a professional tree climber? This is one career that's growing fast in Taiwan. Tree climbers work with arborists to care for trees, climbing up into the branches to prune and maintain the plants. The highly skilled job requires a lot of professional training and certification. It's also quite dangerous and takes serious physical fitness. There are less than 40 qualified tree climbers in Taiwan today, but the field is growing. We recently accompanied some tree climbers on a mission in Jiayi. The tree climber climbs up on the rope and into the tree in no time. Using the rope to balance, he maneuvers nimbly in the tangle of branches until he finds the one that needs to go and gets out the saw. Tree climbers need aerial rope skills, as well as more than 18 months of arboreal work experience and first aid qualifications just to apply for professional certification. There are tests of rope knotting and equipment safety skills. If you can't climb a 12-meter high tree in 30 minutes, forget it. The exam system is based on the criteria of the International Society of Arboriculture, so it's extremely strict. There are only 39 qualified tree climbers in Taiwan. The daily salary is about 6,000 to 12,000 NT. I used to work at the sixth oil refinery in Taichung. I was curious about learning tree climbing. After I started, the environmental education impacted me and I got inspired. It's a job with a high entry threshold and lots of hazards, so the salary is considerable. The exam is attracting more and more candidates. The salary is quite variable. Sometimes it can be 80,000 NT a month. Sometimes it's more than 100,000 NT. 
This tree climber has come to do a job in Budai Township, Jiayi. He's pruning branches from this tropical almond tree, which is almost 60 years old, and has discovered some rot in the trunk, which is invisible from the ground. We've never had the tree professionally cared for or pruned. I'm very grateful to the arborists and the tree climbers for coming to care for and prune the tree today. But conversely, the chances of old trees on public property getting this kind of expert care have gone down due to the professionalization of the industry. Government institutions are less keen to hire them and take on the insurance problems. Still, with forests such an important part of Taiwan, the need for competent tree experts is high. Shops and restaurants are gearing up for Election Day on Saturday. Eye favorable weather reports, supermarkets and convenience stores plan to launch discounts on ice treats, coffee and mineral water for voters flocking to polling stations. A food delivery platform is offering discounts of 150 NT once a purchase passes a certain threshold. A grilled skewer restaurant chain in Taipei is also offering discounts. Head into any of their shops and shout out, I voted, and you'll receive a free serving of intestines and a 5% discount for your entire table. The restaurant owner says participating in an election is a very important event, and he hopes all citizens can go out and cast their sacred vote. Taiwanese residing abroad have been returning to Taiwan ahead of the election, leading to big crowds at train stations island-wide. The Taiwan Railway Corporation says there are still many tickets left for any voters who may not yet have bought a ticket home. The Central Weather Administration says the weather on Election Day is set to be fair with highs of 24 degrees in the north and east and 26 degrees in central and southern Taiwan. Fresh off the plane, they pull their suitcases around the train station, ready to go home. The election is on Saturday, and many Taiwanese living abroad are returning to Taiwan to cast their vote. The high-speed rail and the Taiwan Railway Corporation have added extra train services for the election. Many people say they are taking leave of work to head back to their hometowns and vote. Travelers are streaming to train stations around the country as they make their way home. According to the Taiwan Railway Corporation, only about 270,000 tickets have been sold during the expected arrival and departure period. Overall, only about 50% of available tickets have been sold. So if you still haven't made up your mind about going home, it's not too late yet. Previous studies show that the weather can deeply affect voter turnout. So what about this year? Temperatures are said to bounce back island-wide on Saturday, though it will still be chilly in the morning. Big day-night temperature swings of 10 degrees are expected. Lows will stay around 11 to 15 degrees, and perhaps even lower in open spaces. Over the course of the day, in the north and east, highs will hit 21 to 24 degrees. And in central and southern Taiwan, it'll be about 25 or 26 degrees. Sunday is also set to be a fair day. But starting Monday, strong northeasterly winds will bring cool and wet weather to the north and east.